back um, here and to see all your smiling faces. Brand new year, new possibility, all kinds of good things. Let me, oh, and by the way, those of you who are gathered online too, we're glad that you're with us again and that you're hanging out with us this morning. Um, so I want to start with a question today. I want to ask kind of a, I'll call it a, I'll call it my Stephen Covey question. He wrote this great little book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and, and he had this principle in, in it um, called Begin with the End in Mind. And so my question for all of you is very simply this. How do you want 2023 to end? How do you want it to end? <clears throat> and I'm, I'm, you know, spiritually speaking, right? I mean, yes, I want to be rich. I want to be famous, whatever it happens to be. But I'm talking spiritually speaking, how do you want 2023 to end? <clears throat> do you want it to be the same as it is right now? Or might you want to see some growth? And if so, how? How are you going to go, go about doing that? And as you may have guessed, um, because we're doing things a little bit different uh, today, uh, I'm starting a brand new series, and uh, it's about living life with the Holy Spirit. It's called Fire in the Fireplace. And um, uh, the Lord's been very active in the last couple of months, and this has been kind of stirring in my soul for a while. And so what I, what I want to, to begin uh, this year with is this, this really simple idea. If you want the end of 2023, um, if you want, I don't want to say this, if you want 2023 to end with growth, then you have to start with intention, okay? So if you want 2023 to end with some growth, that you're in a different place than you are today, then you have to start with some intention. We're going to talk about that. Now, at the same time as this new series, we're also going to uh, launch a, a prayer initiative today. So over the next four weeks, during um, the time of the, the series, uh, you're going to be getting some text messages, or if you've got the app, you'll probably get the app push. Um, we're going to try to prompt you to pray for some specific things over the next couple of weeks. So you get one on Monday, you'll get one on Wednesday, and then you'll get a recap on Friday. And so what we really want is for, you, for all of you to pray um, along these lines. And you'll see what they are as they go along. So I'll just kind of give you a heads up for this week. <clears throat> Starting tomorrow, you'll get a, a push, either on text or again on the app, and it will ask you to pray for more of God's presence. Because one of the things that we've noticed around here in just the last year or so, that uh, especially on Sunday morning, the presence of God has been thick from time to time, and it's been a lot of fun. I want to double down on that because I want more of that. I don't know about you, but I want, I certainly want to see more of that. And uh, I want to see what the Lord has in mind. And so we're going to double down on that. And we're going to ask for more of God's presence this week. And so you'll get, a, again, a prompt on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And we're just asking you to take a couple minutes and just pray. Uh, you can do it any way you want to. Um, if you want to pray for something else, you're more than welcome to do that. We're just trying to give you a prompt of things that, you know, we find are important as a congregation. Because overall, what we really want to do is um, be reminded of the fact that Thrive Church is, is his church. It's not my church, it's not Dan's church, it's not Sophia's church, it's, not, it's his church. I, those of us on staff, we, we're the associates, right? He gets to decide these things, and so we want to double down on the fact that we're trying to listen to him. And it's not just um, 
leadership who does that, but it's everybody in the church because God wants that kind of relationship with each individual person. He wants to you know, lead and guide and speak to you and, and uh, help you navigate through what <laughs> looks like going to be a very interesting year. And I mean interesting in the interesting sense of the word, right? Uh, the old Chinese proverb, may you live in interesting times. Eh, I don't know if I necessarily want to do that. But, but we need that kind of um, guidance, that insight, especially now. And uh, it needs to be church-wide, not just you know, a select few. Uh, God is no respecter of persons. And he wants this for everybody. And I think that's an important thing to remember. So we'll have this uh, prayer prompts that are coming um, uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the next four weeks. There are different prayer focuses, and you'll see what they are. And uh, hopefully you'll join us in that. I'm just asking for a couple of minutes. I mean, it can be as simple as you just sitting there, you know, maybe you're eating your lunch, and you just say, hey, Lord, I'm not sure how to pray for this, but I want to lift it to you. That's cool. Um, the Lord listens to that kind of stuff, and that's great. So... Uh, all right, I want to invite you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 3, um, the letter that Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3. If you have a Bible app, you can punch it in there. <clears throat> Which reminds me, hang on a second. Dan, do you have your Bible here? I had one, and I lost it. It's church. We lost a Bible. Isn't that awesome? That's right. Dan needed it. Yeah, it's yours. Yeah, it's, you didn't steal it or nothing. Thank you very much. Cool. We're in Philippians chapter 3. Sword drills, go. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Others of you are going, what? What is that? Ask me later. I'll tell you. Philippians chapter 3. I want to leave this, uh, read this. It's also on your handout, by the way. I put it out there. On your handout. Okay, Philippians chapter 3. We're going to begin with verse 10. I want to know Christ. This is Paul writing to this church that he helped found. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. <laughs> uh, think about that one, not too hard. Becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. In other words, what Paul is saying here is I want it all. I don't want just the glory of it because I, 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 the glory doesn't come without suffering. He says, I want that too. If I really want the glory, then, then I'm signing up for the suffering as well. That's what he's saying. Not that I have already obtained all this or have all, already arrived at my goal. Okay, now pause right there for a second. I want you to think about who's writing this. This is Paul. This is Paul who had a direct encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, did a literal 180 degree turn in his life and in his spirit. Ends up giving all of his academic uh, privilege up for the sake of Jesus, is called into this absolutely bizarre sort of missionary 
church planting type of lifestyle that includes everything from shipwrecks to manifestations of the Holy Spirit. I mean, he has seen all of it. This is Paul. He's written the majority of the New Testament. He's probably the most recognized name. In fact, my guess is he's probably got more churches named after him than anybody else, okay? This is Paul, and here's what Paul is saying to this church. Not that I have already obtained all of this. Paul says, I'm not there yet. And he's also saying, I'm okay with that, right? Or have already, or already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of, me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Not yet, I'm not there yet. But then he goes on to say, and I love this, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I'm not there yet, but there's one thing that I do. Not three things, not 15 things, one thing. One thing that I do. I press on towards that goal. I think there's a couple things in this passage that we need to pay attention to. First of all, he starts it with, I want to know Christ. This is the foundation of all discipleship. Discipleship is growth. If you want growth in 2023, you have to begin somewhere. And the foundation of discipleship is to know Christ, to know Jesus. And the only way you get to know somebody is to have a conversation with them, is to listen to what they have to say. If you have uh, ever been in a dating relationship, you're not gonna get far in the dating relationship if you're not listening to the other person. Your marriage is not gonna get far if you stop listening to your spouse. That's dangerous ground. And so all foundation, if you want to know somebody, you gotta start by listening. Listening to the things that he has to say. Which is really funny because it seems to me that Jesus is really good at listening to us, isn't he? Because we're really good about sitting down and praying through a list of things. And, well, this is, this is the challenge that I'm going right now. And I really hate my boss. And, and, Lord, what do you want me to do about this? And, God, would you please do whatever it is, right? God, help me to win the million dollars or billion dollars in the lottery. That'd be great. Lord, I would fund your church if you did that. And then you start making deals with Jesus. Have you ever done that? You start making deals with Jesus too in in that prayer. And then just when Jesus is ready to start talking to you about some of these things, in your name, amen. And we leave the table. Or we fall asleep. And it's a dialogue that, that God is after with each one of us. So if you want growth to happen in 2023, you have to want to know him. And the only way that I know to get all, to, to know him is to, is to actually speak with him. And this is the, it's the beautiful part with all of this. He admitted, Paul admitted, he hadn't attained that yet, right? So he's still working on it too. You are in good company if you're still trying to figure out how it is that you're gonna, gonna talk with God, that you're gonna have a conversation with him. That's okay. That is a lifelong thing and there will always be new depths because I'm still convinced that every person, no matter how long you've been in church, has another step to take with him. Everybody does. So I want to know Christ. That's the foundation of all 
discipleship. And then one thing I do, I strain ahead. Okay, one thing, not three, not 15, just the one thing. And he presses on towards that goal. But here's the, here's the question, here's the big question, here's the thing that, that you ought to be asking, asking yourself. What's the goal? What is it? What is that goal? If Paul is pressing on towards something, what is it? What's he after? And it, we want to take a cue from Paul. I think we want to focus on one thing, but the question is, well, what's that one thing? Not just for Paul, but for you. What's the one thing that you're going to chase after? Now, here's the pro tip. You're going to want to write this one down if you've got a pen and a piece of paper. There's a pro tip for you, okay? If you want to know what the one thing, what the one goal is, you ready for it? Ask him. Because it's a dialogue. Ask him. Because the creator and sustainer of the universe created and sustains you. And, and don't you think that he may have an idea about what you need? If you want some growth in your life, now you, you may have some areas that you've already picked where you want some growth, but if the creator and sustainer has something different in mind, wouldn't it make sense to go and ask him and pursue that? You see what I mean? Your chances of success because you plus God equals more than anything else, right? He's going to take you further than you can possibly imagine, but he gets to decide what that thing is. What is it that we're going to pursue? If you want to get closer to, to Jesus, you want to get to know him, if you want to experience his presence, if you want to find some divine favor, you got to ask. You got to ask. It's not, okay, Jesus is not a magic wand. It's not a genie in the bottle. You rub it the right way. It's not a formula that you say. It's a dialogue because he's a person. And you simply ask him, Lord, what, what is it? What's going on in my life that either needs to be fixed or what do you want me to understand? What do you want me to know? Where do you want me to grow? What is it about me and our relationship? And I think this is just so, so powerful. Uh, I like pictures. You know that. This picture, I think, is helpful. You've probably seen this one before. This is our discipleship diagram. Very often, especially as we're you know, kind of going through life, we try to climb up the left side of this triangle. Me, I am trying to live my life on my own. Now, you can get pretty far. I know lots of people who have. But there's this part of me that says, wouldn't, if, if I'm going to follow Jesus, and I want to live the life that he has in mind for me, then maybe I need to go up the right side of the triangle and check in with him first. Do you see that on the diagram? It's a real simple way of understanding it. Because God calls us into this relationship with him. It's this constant dialogue. He's got these ideas about my life and the things that he's wired me for and, and a, a level of satisfaction that I can't necessarily imagine without him in truth. And then he empowers me to actually live that life. Now that doesn't mean that there is no difficulty. I'm not suggesting that. But at least the difficulty has purpose. Because I think one of the, the most dangerous things, I heard somebody say this the other day, one of the most dangerous things is to be without aim. 
Because life is suffering, life is hard, life is challenging, and if you don't have some type of aim, if you don't have some type of purpose, it is meaningless. And meaninglessness always leads to bitterness. And bitterness will lead you down dark, dark roads. People with aimless lives shoot up schools. That's where these things, these things go. It's where we see a lot of violence coming from. And so as Christians, we don't want to go down that road. What we want to do is we want to check in with the one who has purpose for us, who created us in our mother's wombs with a purpose in mind, with an idea of who you could possibly be. Let's check in with that first, shall we? Makes a lot of sense to do that. He made you, and he's likely got an idea about who you are, what you need, and who you could potentially be. That's what we're after. So we're going to ask him, Lord, what is it? I'm becoming increasingly confident that we'll make better progress, we'll get more traction when we're aligned with God and his best and his kingdom. Now, I want you to think about this just a little bit. Those of you... Those of you who are married um, or have been in a, a significant relationship with someone, there are times when you get out of sync with each other, okay? It, it's just true. Um, all joking aside, because we can make a lot of jokes here, trust me, they're circling in my head. But, but the fact of the matter is that it's very easy to get out of sync with another person. And, and the worst part of it is, at least in, in, in my view, is sometimes we don't even know why we get, get out of sync. We may have just a slight disagreement about something. Or someone's not living up to an expectation that I had or that they had, right? And so you get out of sync. And then you start sniping at each other. Have you done that, right? You know, it's just weird. We just do that to one another. And, and, and after a while, you just you kind of sit there and I'm like, okay, we're out of sync here. Now, please understand, <clears throat> there's a difference here between love and like, okay? There are times that Lisa Trelor does not like me. You can ask her. But she always loves me. I know that. Because she tells me that. And she demonstrates that, okay? There's a difference between like and love. And when we get out of sync, sometimes that like begins to irritate. And it begins to to fester. And if you let it go unchecked, it will eventually erode love. And so you have to come back into sync with one another. Does this make sense? Somebody has to stop the cycle and say, hey, you know what? Right now, I don't like you very much, but I want you to know I love you. And I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. And I don't know what it is that got us out of sync, but I want to get back in sync. That's relational. And it's easy to see that, especially in a marriage relationship. And by the way, I think that's very important um, insight of, in, in a culture where, you know, something like 50% of all marriages end up in divorce. It's like, ho, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you out of sync? Let's talk about that first. Even if you don't know what caused you to be out of sync, you can at least stop the cycle and say, okay, I just, I just we're going to say this. I, I still love you. 
regardless. What do we need to do to get back in sync with one another? Now here's the interesting thing. It happens in all kinds of relationships. Easy to see in marriage, but it also happens in friendships, right? It happens all the time. But it even happens in our relationship with God. We get out of sync. The difficulty here, and it's hard for us to wrap our minds around, is God doesn't change. So guess who moved, right? And so if you're feeling out of sync with God, and that happens, something will come along and distract us. Oh my gosh, there's so many distractions these days. Something will come along and it will disrupt that relationship just a little bit and you need to get back into sync with what God is, is, is doing and who he is. And, and, and there's this part of us where we're like, okay, why does God let us get so derailed? Here's why. He doesn't violate your free will. You have to freely choose him. And it's not just a one-time choice. It's a choice that you do every single day. I'm choosing him. I'm choosing him. I'm choosing him. It's a thousand choices that we make over and over and over. And so God doesn't violate your free will because he wants your total love. And if he, if he, if he forced you into something, that's not love. That's coercion. Do you understand? So things get derailed with God, just like they do in any relationship. And so what we have to do is to come back into alignment with him and his purpose. Because he didn't move. You did. And that's not something to shame you or condemn you or make you feel bad. It happens. We're humans. Squirrel. Right? It happens to all of us. We see something, it distracts us. And so we have to come back into alignment. And so I, I want to take some deliberate steps to realign ourselves back with God, to reorient ourselves back to the kingdom. And I want to set each of you up, each of us up, for a real and a, and a daily interaction with Holy Spirit. Um, kind of the title of this idea is, you know, we're, we're talking about fire in the fireplace, but I'm, what we're trying to do is we're preparing the altar, we're preparing the fireplace so that we can have this kind of interaction with, with Holy Spirit on a daily basis. And I want all of us to be more aware of him, more like him, and in December, I want to be different than I am here in January. And I want all of us to experience that individually and collectively. That's kind of where we're after. That's the one goal. God, what is it that you have in mind? How do I realign with you? How do I reorient myself back to your kingdom? How do I reorient myself back to your righteousness? What is it that I need to do? You've got an idea about this, and I'm going to submit to what your thoughts are. Now, I don't often use a handout, but once a year I typically do, because I think it's really helpful to um, tracking a process. And so what I'm going to offer you on this handout is one way, just one way, uh, to find the goal that we can strive for in 2023, that, that one thing that we can press toward that, that Paul is talking about. I try to do this every year. I do this in my own life. In fact, uh, I'll tell you, a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> I had this idea that I think this is my word for the year. This is my theme. This is the thing that I wanted to work on. And just this morning, <clears throat> just this morning, I was paging back through my journal, and I found a reference to this theme back in October. God was prepping me for this all along. And so just this week, I'm writing through my journal, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I really feel like this is the theme for the year. And sure enough, back in October, he's knocking on my door. And I was like, oh, 
you were setting me up, weren't you? The Lord says, mm-hmm, yeah, because that's what I do. I try to set you up for something that's going to make you better disciple. It sounds good to me. So here's, here's the thought. Uh, you can write these things down as we go along. <clears throat> Take some notes on this and, and hopefully try to, try to apply it yourself. So just four-step process, um, trying to find what God's theme is for your, for your year or for your, your season that you're in. First uh, step is to select a theme. You got to select a theme. That's the top uh, blank if you want to fill that in. Select a theme. So here's how you do it. It's really kind of simple. The first thing you do is you pray and you ask God to give you some direction. Lord, what is it that you want, want me to work on this year? Is there a character? Is there a, a nature? Is there a... Uh, a thing? Is there a, a practice? Is there something that you want for me this year? Ask him about it. And then what I would suggest that you do is that you read through the list. I've, I've just put a little list on, on, your, on your handout. It is not exhaustive, okay? It's not an exhaustive list. It's just to kind of get you thinking about things. My, my sense is, is that as you read the list, one of those uh, words is probably going to jump out at you. This is how it usually happens with, I would say, the majority of people. There's one word that will just pop out. Some of you already know what the word is, and you've been avoiding it, okay? <laughs> I know that's true, too, um, because we've done this every year. You're like, oh, it's first of the year. It's coming. It's coming, right? And so you want to you wanna go through that list and see which one pops out at you. Now, the caution here is that a lot of people will look at the list and they'll, they'll get deflated and discouraged because they'll say, I need work on every one of these. <laughs> oh, God, help me. Okay. That's not from Holy Spirit. Okay? The enemy uses overwhelm to keep you from participating in this. Keep that in mind. In my experience... It's usually one word, sometimes two, and on rare occasion, three. And almost all the time, there's some overlap. There's some connection between the words. One, two, and on rare occasion, three. That Holy Spirit will just highlight, and you'll know what they are. They'll just kind of jump out at you. Occasionally, too, it's been a phrase. I've had that happen once, where it was a phrase. It wasn't a word, it was a phrase. And that's okay, too. Um, remember, he's the one who gets to decide. We're asking him, so he gets to decide that. But if it's more than three on your list, you need to go back and ask God for some, some more direction because that's not from him. Holy Spirit will do one, maybe two, and on rare occasion, three. He'll highlight those. So it's not from God if it's more than that. Okay, so that's how you select your theme. Now, the second step is to build some routine around it. And, and let me explain kind of how you do this, okay? The first thing that you need to do in order to build some routine is you've got to define the word. What does that word mean? Go look it up in a dictionary. You spent that time doing it, and oh, only, if only I had the sum total of all human knowledge in the palm of my hand. Go look it up, dictionary.com or... Oxford, whatever.com, you, you can look it up. 
Find out what that means. Write it down somewhere so that you have an idea. The other thing that I suggest is go look it up in a thesaurus. Go find other synonyms for it. Remember that word, synonyms? It's not a spice. It's not something you put in your hot chocolate. Synonym. That's easy to say, right? Annabella's laughing at me. Synonym is uh, words that have similar ideas to it. And what I've noticed, at least for me, is that when I have four or five words that have similar meanings, I get kind of this field of understanding. And sometimes, sometimes, as I'm going through it, there's another word that the Lord is trying to highlight. I'll have one word, and he's like, yes, that's close, but this is really the one I want you to work on. Great, that's fine. But it gives me a sense of what it is that God is after when I have this field of understanding when I have different words for it. Think of it kind of like a word cloud. So you're going to go to a dictionary, you're going to go to a thesaurus, right? And you're going you're to look these things up. Now, here's the third one, and this is probably the most important one. You probably need to go look that word up in your Bible. And my suggestion is, um, well, okay, let me, let me back up. There's a couple ways to do it. Uh, you could probably do it online. Um, if you need some help with that, let me know. But a lot of study Bibles have an apparatus in the back that gives you a glossary. And that glossary will give you places in the Bible where that word is. Now, if you can't find that word, this is where your thesaurus is helpful because you may be able to find another word similar to it in your Bible. Go look those passages up, okay? And, and, and the idea here is you want two or three passages that use that particular word and ask God, Lord, what are you trying to say to me through your word here? Because God will almost always speak to you through his word first. Not only, but at least first. It's a great place to start. So go find some passages with your word in it so that you have an idea. Um, For me, personally, my word came from a passage. I read a passage that just struck me hard. And I knew that my word was in there. I knew my theme was in there. And so that particular passage is the one thing that I'm hanging on to throughout the entire process as God tries to help me to grow, okay? So you want to have some scripture passages there. And then you've got to keep that word in front of you in some way, shape, or form. You've got to keep it in front of you. Sticky notes on your computer at work, on your steering column. All of you have heard me say this. I write it with, sometimes write it with, um, uh, uh, dry erase marker on my on my bathroom mirror so that when I'm in the shower and things get all steamy and I get out of the shower, boom, there it is. I can't miss it. Somebody suggested earlier today, why don't you make it the password for your computer at work or at home? It's a great idea. Now, you got to have special characters and you got to have, you know, numbers with it and you probably have to have a certain number of those things. So if your word happens to be love, you're out of luck. You're going to have to like love 01 or love 23 or whatever it happens to be so that you can get up to those six or eight characters or whatever. But the point is, is use that word so that you're, you're interacting with it often. I don't know what that is for you. You get to decide what that is but try to keep it in front of you so that you don't forget. Um, Those of you who journal, journal about it. I've got a whole page already devoted to that one. It looks like a mind map. I wrote the word in the middle and I just started drawing lines and all the things that I could think of that were connected to my one theme for this year. And I'm asking God, Lord, what what is it about this? I I just want you to, to highlight this for me so that I understand it. 
And that's what we're working on. That's the thing that I'm doing with him as a practice. So keep it in front of you. So you want notes, you want signage. Read and reread the passage in the Bible. There are times, okay, I've been doing this for a while, okay? I'll just, I'll just tell you. I'm, I'm not an expert by any stretch, but I've been doing this for a num- number of years. And one of the things that I've noticed about the scripture, <clears throat> or I should say how God uses the scripture, is I can read the same passage a hundred times and still find new things in it. Let me tell you, as a preacher, keeping Christmas fresh is a challenge, And yet every year I read through the Christmas story, I'll read parts of the Christmas story and I'll notice something I've never noticed before. Now, did did the story change? Did God rearrange the words on the page? No. But because of where I am in my own life and because of the experiences that I've had, I now see things differently. So the more that I read the passage on the word or the idea or the characteristic that God wants me to work on, the better the opportunity that I'm going to learn something new. Even if you've read it 50 times, you're like, oh, I memorized it. Good. I'm glad you memorized it. Keep saying it out loud and asking the Lord, what is it that you want me to understand about this? Okay? So you have to build routines. Now, I will tell you, um, again, after doing this for a number of years, Building routine is probably the single weakest link in the chain. It's the easiest place to go off the rails. If you don't build some type of routine where you don't you know, put in the work and try to keep it in front of you, this is where you'll lose your theme for the year. Okay? It, it happens. Uh, and that's okay. Um, God isn't moving. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He'll meet you back. That's why you probably need to write this down. Okay? So that you can go back and refer to it. Keep that in mind. Um, if, you're not, if you're not journaling per se, at least have some notebook where you're writing down the things that you hear God say. A theme for the year is a great place to write that down. Keep that in mind. Okay, step three is you have to form a team. You're not supposed to do this alone. You're not supposed to grow by yourself. Growth is a contact sport, and it's a team sport. So a couple ways that you can, you can do this to build a team. The first thing you can do, and, and I highly recommend this, try to find somebody that you know that exhibits the trait or the quality that you're after. Find someone else who you know, exemplifies that. Perhaps you know somebody, maybe, maybe your word is encouragement, okay? I'm just picking that word. Maybe it's encouragement. Who do you know that's encouraging? Go talk to them about encouragement. Go ask the question, saying, you know what, you're probably one of the most encouraging people that I, that I know. How do you do that? Now, most likely, they'll fumble with some kind of answer, and they won't know. But after you have a dialogue with them, you might come away with a couple little gems, a couple little things that you can polish up for yourself. Oh, that's why they do it. That's how they do it. Maybe it's a function of personality. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a choice that they actually make to be encouraging. Well, if encouragement is my word, and this is something that the Lord wants to build into my life, then maybe this person is someone that I might at least try to copy, right? At least I get that. So find somebody who exhibits it, uh, uh, who you can learn from. Who can I learn from that already has this? 
Um, secondly, who might encourage you in your pursuit? If you have somebody who's an encourager, say, hey, by the way, I'm, I'm doing this and I just wanted to kind of let you know because you're an encourager and I really value the things that, that, you, know, that you say and, and uh, I would just appreciate um, you, know, you praying for me or you know, checking with me in on this. You know, here's the interesting thing. You're not bothering anybody. Most people are excited that you thought enough of them to ask them about it. Oh, you think that I've got that quality in my life? Oh, thanks. And then all of a sudden, we're all encouraged together. Isn't that cool? That's the economy of God. God does that sort, sort of thing. And finally, you find somebody who will pray for you. Now, here's, here's the thing. A lot of you have heard me talk about this. You have to be careful when you ask people to pray for you, okay? Because there are some people who they will pray and keep praying until you tell them to quit. Those are great people to have around, but they're the exception. They're not the rule, right? Um, Lisa and I have a friend. Her name is Heather, and she's that kind of person. We have to remind ourselves that we can tell Heather to stop praying now because otherwise, three months from now, she'll call us up, and she goes, hey, I need an update. Oh, yeah, by the way, here's what the Lord did. Oh, good, I can stop praying, you know, kind of a thing. So you got to value their time and their energy and their effort to it. But for most people, um, what you don't want is to say, oh yeah, I'll pray for you, and then they, don't, they, never, they never do it. And then they feel bad about it, and the enemy will swoop right in and just beat them up for it, and you don't want that. So if you want somebody to pray for you, what I always suggest is just say, hey, the Lord kind of pointed out this particular theme. This is my growth point for the year. Would you pray for me once this week about it? You give them a timeline. Just say, hey, sometime this week, if it crosses your mind, would you just pray for me? Just ask the Lord to, to uh, give me insight or to encourage me, whatever it happens to be. I would just really value one prayer this week. Now, here's the interesting thing that happens. One is you make it easy for the other person to be on your team. And very likely, they're going to pray more than just once for you. Okay? That usually happens. But third, you encourage them by, again, showing them that you value their prayers. I, you know, I, I, I'm, I rarely have a person who says no when I say, hey, can I pray for you? In fact, I'm trying to think if I've ever had somebody turn me down on that one. I have to think about that. But this, the, same, the same idea is true when you ask somebody to pray for you. Wait, well, I don't, I don't know how to do that. That's okay, just one time this week. Just, at least it calls them arrow prayers. I love those. They're just short little things where I'm thinking about it. Lord, Lord I don't want to forget this. I'm just going to pray that you're present with that person today. Great, that's enough. That's perfect. That's the economy of God. God is working through his people and through community and all of this. So you're forming a team. Find somebody who can encourage you. Find somebody you can learn from. Find somebody who will at least pray for you once that week. And, and maybe you're six months down the road and, and you, you need prayer again. Go ahead and ask him again. Hey, by the way, I'm still working on that. Would you mind praying for me one more time this week? Most people will say, Yes, and they're happy to do that. All right, final step here is you need to watch the time because um, your theme, your growth, comes in waves, I've noticed. Um, God <clears throat> might want to teach you something, but also 
develop character, which is a longer process. And so um, your theme might be for the entire year, it might be for two years, it might be for three months. I don't know what it is. He gets to decide that because he's the one who's working it in you, okay? So keep that in mind. You know, just kind of watch the time. And in my experience, I've always noticed as something has peaked and it begins to fade, something else will come up that I need to learn. And it's just kind of the way this, this happens. Theme one is coming to an end and theme two is starting. But the The beautiful thing is God gets to decide how long it is. And sometimes he's not done with you after two or three years. I had the same theme for a couple of years in a row. And I was like, oh, we're going to do this again? And the Lord's like, well, he haven't learned it yet. So guess what? We're going to do this one more time. Okay, got it. And so what we're constantly doing is we're listening for his voice and we're asking, okay, God, what's next? What's next? What's next? You know, are we still working on this one? What, is it, what else do I need in this? Who, 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 who else do I need to, to learn from? What, what, what is it that you want me to do? That type of hunger that we have. Now, <clears throat> there are different ways to set goals or resolutions at New Year's. Some of you heard me talk about this in the past. And this is just one way to do it. This is one way to be very intentional about doing something to follow God, to take your discipleship seriously. And this is the thing that I want you to walk away with. You know, yeah, okay, we've got some skill building on here, but I want you to understand that I believe you have destiny. I absolutely believe that. I don't think God created us without purpose, by chance. I don't believe that. I believe every person has destiny. And, and most importantly, I don't want you to miss out on that destiny. I really don't. I don't want you to miss out the things that God has in mind for you. And I want to do my part, whatever I can, to hear from him better. That's my goal. And I want that for you as well, because I think that's where destiny comes from, is following him. And so as you think about potential themes... One may have jumped out at you, or maybe there's a phrase, or maybe none. That's okay. Keep at it. Keep at it. You didn't learn how to ride a bicycle one session. It took you a period of time to do it, and you got a little frustrated, and you probably used words that your daddy would not approve of, right? It happens. We all experience that. So my suggestion is... Before you go any further, you need to reorient yourself back to the kingdom. Okay, God, what are we doing here? What do you have in mind? And instead of it being about you and your goal, pause and make it about God and his plan. God, you've got something in mind. There is something that you're after in your kingdom that I get to be a part of. What, what, what is that? What, what's on your heart? Where are you going? And how do I follow you in this particular direction? And the other thing that I've noticed, and you've heard me say this before, it is never wrong to worship. You want to reorient yourself back to the kingdom? Start with worship. God, this is who you are. You're good. Nothing's impossible with you, Lord. I just, I value who you are. And then as you're doing that, you invite Holy Spirit to speak to you. He's ready. He's he's just kind of waiting on you. And here's the other thing that you've got to remember. Holy Spirit can't wait to get started. Sometimes I think we believe that God's waiting for us to say the magic words. God doesn't work like that. 
God's only waiting for your heart. Lord, I'm, I'm ready. I, I want to know these things. And, and you've got to be dead serious about it. And you've got to say, okay, Lord, I, I want this. This year is going to be different. 2023 is going to be different. I'm following you. What do you have in mind? So for the remaining part of our service, we're going to worship. And uh, maybe while you're worshiping and you're listening to the, to the music and other people singing and whatnot, maybe you're reading through that list. I don't know. You can do that. That's okay. Worship is your time where you get to interact with God. And maybe God's going to speak to you in that, in that moment. We're also going to do communion today because it's Family Sunday and we do that on Family Sunday. And maybe God will speak to you in that moment. And, and maybe one of the things that you do is you take the bread and you take the, the cup and you say, to, you say to the Lord, Lord, I recognize that you did this all for me and you still, have, you still have ideas for me. You have destiny for me and I want to be a part of that. God, would you speak to me? That's a great time to do it. It's entirely up to you when you do it and, and, and how you do it. But use the time to worship and to take the opportunity to interact with him. What does he have in mind? And by the way, um, while we're kind of worshiping, um, I'm going to be in the back up there. Uh, Gina's going to be in the back up there. If you want somebody to pray with you, pray for you about any of these things, or maybe it's something else entirely, hey, we'd love to do that. Um, <clears throat> it's our privilege to come alongside of you and interact with the king. There's no kingdom without a king. If you're going to reorient yourself to the kingdom, check in with the king. That's what we're doing. And so if you want that, um, like I said, we'll, uh, we'll be up in the back. Uh, if it's you're uncomfortable climbing stairs, that's fine. Just wave, get our attention. We'll come down to you because um, we, we don't want you to miss that opportunity. God, I am so grateful for a new year and all that comes with it. It gives us a chance with a turn of a calendar to reorient ourselves back to you, your purposes, your kingdom. And I believe every person here is created with a certain amount of destiny in their life because you created them for that. And Lord, as they um, process that today, as they think about this new year and try to approach it with a certain amount of intentionality, I pray that you'd speak to them clearly in a language that they would understand and that they would know without a shadow of, the, of, of doubt that you are with them, that you are present with them and that they can hear from you. Mm. I am looking forward to seeing how you're gonna interact with these people. Your church. We want more of you this year. We want to double down on the presence of God and, and to do that individually and corporately because you are taking us somewhere and I don't want any of us to miss out. So Lord, speak. Your servants are listening. And uh, whatever you want to do today, Lord, it's your church. We're okay with that. And uh, Lord, whatever you want to do this year, we're okay with that too because, again, it's your church. We are your people and we follow you. And I'm going to thank you in advance for all you're going to do in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Mm -hmm.